Hello, I'm Ayala Deutsch, the 2020 president of the International Trademark Association, and you are listening to IP Friday. Hello, and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. Welcome to the 113th edition of IP Fridays. I am Rolf Klesen, co-host of this podcast together with Ken Suzanne. And first of all, I have to say sorry for taking a break so long. It is completely due to my private situation. Today's guest is Ayala Deutsch, president of INTA. But before we jump into the interview, I have some news for you. The European Patent Office has announced that they have a new regulation for opposition proceedings. They are postponing opposition proceedings with physical attendance until 15th of December 2021. Until then, they try to have all parties agree on video conferences. And starting from the 4th of January 2021, the parties no longer have to agree, but video conferences are probably then just mandatory. So I'm quite happy about this because I just got a summons to oral proceedings that is scheduled for three consecutive days. And I'm very happy that I can do that from the comfort of my office. Coming Monday, the largest annual gathering of intellectual property professionals is starting the INTA meeting. And I'm very happy and proud to have Ayala Deutsch, the president of INTA, as a guest on today's podcast. I'm very excited to have our guest Ayala Deutsch in our IP Fridays interview today. If you don't know who Ayala is, she is currently serving as the Executive Vice President and Deputy General Counsel of NBA Properties Inc. But more importantly, maybe for our listeners, she is currently serving as the President for the International Trademark Association, INTA. And I'm very grateful that you're on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited to talk with you. Okay, maybe you can uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Um, uh, where where did you come from? I, I see you have a degree from New York University School of Law. Uh, where did uh, life take you since then? <laughs> um, well, just briefly. Uh, yes, exactly. I graduated from New York University Law School in 1989. I had an interest in litigation, and so for the first part of my career, I did IP litigation and counseling at a law firm in New York, Cleary Gottlieb, Steen and Hamilton. And then almost 23 years ago, I joined NBA Properties in New York, which is the marketing and licensing arm of the National Basketball Association. Uh, I joined as an in-house IP attorney. Uh, I've been there ever since. And in my current function, I am deputy general counsel of this commercial entity where I continue to see the uh, global IP function, as well as uh, the commercial lawyers, uh, business and legal affairs 
across our different businesses and regional offices. Wow, very impressive. <laughs> uh, well, I'm never bored. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. So um, this year must have been very difficult for you because you are leading uh, the largest um, professional organization in the trademark world, the International Trademark Association. And uh, Corona, uh, the COVID situation might have been very difficult. So what changes, um, how did you react to this this COVID situation and what changes did you bring underway within the INTA? Yes, of course, it's had enormous impact on the organization as it has on all businesses and all people. Uh, a lot of uncertainty. Um, but I think what that's done is it has driven the necessity to be innovative. Uh, and creative about ways to move forward under these different circumstances. And so in IMTA, we have had both our staff and our volunteer members working really hard at coming up with new ways to make sure that our members are engaged, to make adjustments to our events and our programmings, uh, to support efforts. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's interesting, one of the strategic objectives of INTA's 2018-2021 strategic plan is to embrace innovation and change. Little, little did we know in 2018 what we would be dealing with, but you know that, uh, that part of our strategic plan includes providing innovative, valuable services to our members and you know, the circumstances have really motivated us to become more creative and I think even more embracing of change than we ever planned. So um, it's been challenging, but it's also been exciting to see how INTA has responded to that challenge. Yes, very, very good that you found ways to um, basically to bring this organization forward in these difficult times. Um, and one of the things you did was uh, moving the annual meeting to November. Originally, it was planned to be uh, in Singapore, and uh, I was very much looking forward to seeing Singapore. I was never there. <laughs> so, Me either. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah, the COVID uh, um, came, uh, and then nobody was able to go to Singapore anymore. Um, and you decided to move the annual meeting to November. In fact, it's uh, starting next week uh, um, the, at the time then when our listeners uh, can listen to this episode. Um, maybe you can give our listeners an overview of the, the different format, the new format and the program and, of course, uh, the highlights. What are the highlights of uh, this year's annual meeting? Of course. Uh, I would start by saying, you know, in respect of innovation and change, we actually had INTA's first ever virtual conference in June. Uh, and that was a conference looking at the role of brands in society. And that was a precursor to uh, taking our 2020 annual meeting and leadership meeting, uh, which is now also a fully virtual event. Uh, and so there is uh, a lot to look forward to. Um, it has a lot of the same elements as our prior in-person meetings, but those elements are offered in a new way and with new features that kind of reflects 
uh, innovation in format uh, and uh, in how we're using our virtual platform. So, um, for example, uh, the educational program at the meeting is built around 12 uh, different themes, uh, tracks for 12 different themes. And of course, registrants are welcome to pick and choose uh, whichever programs they want, but these programming tracks can help guide registrants to sessions that meet their specific interests or their specific needs. So some of those tracks will cover familiar topics, uh, perpetual topics like anti-counterfeiting and brand protection, um, but there will also be regulatory issues, professional development, and some forward-looking topics like innovation and in the future of IP, managing your brand in times of crisis, uh, brand commercialization and brand value, and then diversity and inclusion, which again, very important part of INTA's mission and uh, very much a focus of kind of everyone uh, these days. I will also say there is a Mandarin language track uh, that's exciting, that's focused on developing issues in China. And that track is going to take place on November 18th in the China-Singapore time zone. So we really are trying to make this uh, as convenient as possible for registrants all over the globe. Um, the educational program will be live, but also available on demand. So for everyone with very busy schedules, you don't have to miss any of the sessions you're interested in. And that hasn't always been true in the past. You know, there have been uh, conflicts with meetings or double sessions. So um, that's exciting. Um, and then there are also watch parties where even though we can't all gather together in Singapore, registrants from the same time zone can get together and view a recorded version of the session and chat about it uh, live. So, so one, that's one aspect, the programming, I think exciting as it's been at, at prior meetings. Another really important part of the annual meeting is the networking. Um, registrants will be able to meet and share contact details and set appointments uh, with their business associates. And this will all happen virtually. Uh, and we're also going to have virtual uh, versions of some, uh, you know, activities that we have done in person in the past, including speed networking, uh, table topics, and our platform uh, can even facilitate one-on-one -on -one or group meeting rooms, for example, for corporate members to meet with their outside counsel. We're not forgetting the social events uh, in different uh, uh, time zones uh, and uh, related to sports and, and other experiences. And then the last component, also very much a part of the annual meeting, um, is the exhibit hall. And we have it this year, it's just virtual. Uh, so it has uh, special hours for appointments, uh, exhibitors will have new ways to kind of engage with registrants and provide information and demonstration of their products and services. Um, we have more than 50 exhibitors uh, this year. Uh, and so that will be robust as well. And then, you know, in terms of the highlights, from my perspective, obviously it's all exciting, but I would highlight um, the opening ceremony, as always, we have some good speakers lined up. Um, there is a diversity and inclusion track, as I mentioned, and a women's leadership workshop. 
the Women's Leadership Initiative was launched by INTA earlier this year to um, uh, promote the advancement of women in the IP field. And we're going to have some workshops on that. And then one thing that I think will be very interesting um, is a town hall on the IP practice of the future. And this will um, discuss the work product of three think tanks that INTA had established um, to think about the IP office of the future, the IP law firm of the future, and the IP in-house group of the future. And those reports are fascinating. And we're gonna have um, a town hall, one for each uh, time zone to discuss those results and kind of be looking our crystal ball a little about where IP will be taking us. So I know that's a lot, but we have a lot. It's it's going to be a really great meeting. Wow, um, that's uh, that sounds really exciting. Um, especially uh, for, for me personally, the last uh, point that you mentioned with the town halls for the IP practice of the future. Um, I assume that uh, topics like artificial intelligence are also discussed there or like um, uh, in, in moving in-person meetings to virtual meetings with clients and these kinds of things? Yeah, the role of technology is incredibly important. And of course, we INTA looks at that from a substantive standpoint, um, what uh, um, 3D printing or artificial intelligence data means from a substantive legal perspective. But these think tanks and this town hall will really look exactly as you anticipated, look at how technology will play such an important role in the practice of law um, for the IP offices in the public sector, as well as the firms and companies in the private sector. Yes. Um Earlier, you mentioned also that networking is very important uh, during the meeting, and that is actually the one thing that I enjoy most, uh, meeting all the foreign associates that we work with uh, in one place and uh, having personal meetings with them, meeting them in the evening at the different receptions. And um, But you are saying that you try to also achieve that goal that that people can meet them uh, meet each other easily um, not only personal appointments but also you have you provide meeting rooms and you have the speed networking of course um, so how do you how do you implement this um, is there like um, is there like for example yeah, how, how do you do that is there like a room for speed networking where people just go and then they sign up for different spots in the speed networking or how do they how do they meet uh, for example when i walk into the into the big halls at a usual annual meeting i also occasionally just meet new uh, foreign associates by just by chance and uh, i get to know them just because they were there <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, how how do we how can we meet uh, people um, during the INTA meeting in a virtual way? Yeah, there it's a good question. There are actually a lot of different ways. I, I would start off by saying we have a platform that is focused on networking called INTA Connect. 
Um, it's a 24 hour networking platform that is available only to the meeting registrants. And it includes a registrant directory and an appointment system. And speaking of artificial intelligence, it actually uses AI to match meeting registrants based on their profiles and their interests and their time zone preferences. And so because of the use of AI, the more you as a registrant engage with it, the more it understands your preferences and kind of uh, improves your matching. Uh, it's actually been live uh, already. And so uh, I would encourage all residents to start using it as soon as possible and as much as possible as we head into the meetings. Um, part of INTA Connect uh, and, and the virtual appointment system also includes and that page describing the firm services and list all the registrants from the firm attending the meeting. And you will then be able to schedule meetings with between two and 50 registrants in this business hub space. Uh, and again, can control schedule by time zone and duration. Um, speed networking is, is there. Uh, it's actually increasingly popular and there will be sessions moderated, uh, um, moderated video meetings of speed networking with up to 12 participants. Uh, and the sessions will take place at many different times, many different time zones. I think, as I mentioned earlier, we will still have table topics and they're actually um, many of them and very popular. We have 171 table topics with more than 2,050 seats. Uh, and we're coordinating the table topics this year with the educational track topics. And this year, um, many of these table topics are being moderated by corporate members um, and some by uh, representatives from IP offices. So those will be very interesting. And then a few more we have um, uh, for brand owners, uh, they can meet and interact with their uh, global uh, in-house counterparts uh, in, in an informal setting. And that is called uh, corporate meetups. Um, so there can be one hour video meetings with 12 brand owners, uh, again, offered at convenient times. Uh, there are virtual corporate meeting spaces that will allow members to conduct business with their outside counsel and vendors and partners. Uh, those meeting spaces are available uh, from, uh, from Monday, November 9th through the 20th. Uh, and so putting some of that availability before the meeting starts will allow our corporate members to hold their meetings early and kind of avoid overlap. Uh, and then just a couple more um, social events. Again, there will be different, but there will be opportunities for networking in a, in a social activity uh, experiences. As I mentioned, uh, sports focused opportunities, tastings, my own personal favorite and wellness, which is all the more important uh, in the age of COVID. And there will even be a grand finale, a dance party with a live DJ. So looking forward to that. And then lastly, again, open beginning on Monday um, is hospitality. And it's like the hospitality area we have had at prior in-person events. Um, it's, it's, this is the meeting, I think, in what you referenced, uh, that's most like those unplanned meetings and interactions uh, we have when we're in person. So uh, registrants can enter one of three virtual buildings 
including one that's open 24-7 to accommodate different time zones. And you can join video conversations with other reg uh, registrants. Uh, every table, so there are many tables, functions as an independent video conversation with the people at that table. So although the capacity is very large, the groups in which you can uh, join the conversation are more intimate. And enter this hospitality area, you can use a search function to see if any of colleagues you know specifically are in the area, um, and if they are, if you want to join their group, or if you spot someone of interest, you can invite them to your table. Uh, and then there's an agenda functionality that lets you, you know, preset a specific meeting time with other registrants in one of the hospitality areas, again, much as we did in person. Uh, and when, whenever that time is agreed upon, you just join a table in the hospitality area and use the video uh, chat function to start your meeting. So it, it's actually quite amazing. Uh, and I will say, as I learned more and more about the functionality, um, it, it was, to be honest, way more than I anticipated it would be. Yeah, it sounds very impressive. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I think so. <laughs> so the registrants have uh, a lot to look forward to. That's good. And already they can already use that, uh, that functionality, as I understand you. Yes, uh, um, the platform is available to them. And then some of these specific elements like hospitality will open beginning Monday. So um, there is also one topic uh, that also always comes to mind when I think of INTA is the committees. Um, and I want to advertise a little bit to the committees because uh, you are always looking for people who engage in the committees and actually they are really important and bring the profession to a new level um, by like little being little think tanks, let's say, for different topics. So why don't you introduce the concept of the INTA committees and how people can engage with these committees? Yeah, it is. Um, the absolute engine of INTA. Uh, INTA is a member-driven organization, and uh, all of the members who participate on committees are volunteers. They are serving on our committees in their spare time, uh, and they are incredibly de dedicated, very knowledgeable, very engaged, and they are our most important asset. I, I will say i been involved with a lot of industry associations, bar committees, and INTA has unlocked the secret of uh, member engagement uh, on, on substance better than I think any uh, organization has. So um, the committee members collaborate on specific committee objectives for each of the committees that align with INTA's strategic plan. Currently, there are 35 committees, and those are divided into three groups, an advocacy group, a resources group, and a communications group. Um, in addition to the committees, there are also various project teams, um, perhaps to tackle something a bit more ad hoc, uh, as well as advisory councils. So the INTA volunteers work closely with INTA staff, and they're analyzing and addressing a very wide range of issues uh, related to trademarks and other IP. Um, 
some examples of what we're doing through our committee work. We're obviously advocating for trademarks and brand owner rights. We are developing resources for our members, for other stakeholders like trademark office officials and for the public. Uh, we are communicating and implementing our strategic initiatives. Uh, for example, um, uh, corporate social responsibility and diversity and inclusion. Um, we started a new committee this year called Brands for a Better Society um, that's designed to help move forward that strategic initiative. And of course, we plan educational programs uh, and events like the uh, 2020 annual meeting leadership meeting. And I, as I said, I, INTA has really figured out how to make this work. <laughs> um, so as a volunteer at INTA, you, you get a real meaningful opportunity to contribute and to make a difference. Um, of course, you can raise your profile in the broader IP community. And, and you also get to do things that maybe you may not get to do in your actual job. Um, that can include uh, taking a leadership uh, position eventually with a, a committee or subcommittee um, to manage a group of people that you might not have that opportunity in your job. I would say for me, one example, when I was a much younger lawyer and just beginning uh, my involvement with INTA, I was on the amicus brief committee and there was an important amicus brief INTA was preparing to file before the Supreme Court of the United States, and I worked on it. And uh, when the brief was submitted, my name was on the brief. And it, it, it I mean, for a, a litigator in the US to have your name on a brief going to the Supreme Court was an unbelievable professional opportunity. And I had that thanks to INTA. So it's really a, a very rewarding experience. Um, to your last question, how, how can you join? Um, we are currently, we have two-year committee terms. We're currently in the first year of a two-year term. So the next uh, committee selection window for the 2022-2023 career term, uh, committee term will open in June of 2021. Uh, all INTA members will receive a notification by email with full instructions. And uh, if you are eligible to apply, I encourage you to do it. It's it's really, really interesting and rewarding. Yes, I heard so from lots of uh, committee members. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yes. Um, I have one question that is not really related to INTA, but rather to your uh, everyday other job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because you mentioned that you are heading the IP efforts of the NBA properties. Uh, And um, how did uh, the COVID situation change your job? What are the most important challenges in these times? And uh, especially one thing that would interest me uh, is, did the situation with the counterfeit goods change during COVID? Yeah. Um, so a lot of the challenges are not unique. You know, I'm trying to manage our team remotely, <laughs> which is challenging. Um, we're trying to understand the new procedures um, ranging from remote notarization, which is fascinating, um, to, you know, the um, uh, enforceability of digital signatures. So just how the remote work of everybody has kind of affected us. Um, 
And I think, you know, in terms of counterfeiting, what, what's interesting and perhaps not surprising, um, one of the um, trends we've seen, the NBA um, uh, produces licensed face masks um, with some proceeds from that uh, going to uh, uh, COVID-related assistance causes. And we have seen really huge amounts of counterfeit face masks. Uh, and that's not just the NBA. That's, that's every brand. Um, counterfeiters are always opportunistic. Um, so we've definitely seen that. And then, you know, more broadly speaking, from the INTA perspective, there's no doubt uh, counterfeiters are taking advantage of the COVID-19 crisis more broadly, selling counterfeit equipment, counterfeit PPE, and, and even counterfeit medicines. Um, you know, the same week that the WHO declared the coronavirus a pandemic, Interpol made 121 arrests in 90 countries seizing more than $14 million in counterfeit pharmaceuticals. Oh. So you can see the inter the intersection of the need for medicine and the uh, counterfeiters who try to take advantage of that. Um, I think there's also been consumer change. Uh, while uh, we've all been in lockdown or, or remotely working, so enormous increases in e-commerce purchases, um, even with um, consumers who hadn't previ previously used uh, e-commerce frequently, um, growth of e-commerce purchases in previous ca categories that previously had not been the subject of a lot of e-commerce activity like groceries. Um, so that's been happening. And then I think, you know, there's an increased interest in how companies and their corporate social responsibilities are engaging in um, uh, appropriate and effective supply chain management. So, I, you know, I think all of this um, presents opportunities, um, opportunities for the counterfeiters, for sure, but also opportunities for us to work together to remove counterfeiters from online marketplaces, to implement stronger penalties and sanctions for counterfeiters, to really educate consumers how to shop safely online, um, and, and more so to educate consumers about the role of trademarks in their lives, um, to make consumers realize these trademarks are very important indicators of source and quality uh, and that allow consumers to make quick and confident and safe purchasing decisions. Um, and counterfeiters, again, seek to take advantage of that, of that. And of course, first and foremost, to educate people on the public, uh, to, to educate people on the health and safety risks of fake medical products, um, particularly in the time of a pandemic. Yes, very important point. Thank you. Um, so we are already um, nearing the end of the interview, but uh, before we um, go, um, can you can you point out like the three things that our listeners should take home from this interview, maybe especially about the annual meeting? Sure. So we'll start with the annual meeting. I, I really do think it's going to be one of our most memorables in a year, memorable meetings, in a year where INTA was focused on innovation, this meeting is perhaps the best example of that innovation. 
And while a lot of things have changed over the course of this year, uh, with respect to the annual meeting, it's still the IP event of the year not to be missed. Incredibly important chance to connect with the IP community. And, and that is still the same. So that's the first thing I would say. Uh, the second, just reverting back to our previous topic, I do think everyone in the global IP community needs to come together to collaborate in the battle against counterfeiters. It really is an impactful way that we can help in our roles as brand professionals, uh, help the world deal with this health crisis. Uh, and even more important, I think, than ever before, and then maybe the last uh, point, I think, again, validated by our experiences in 2020, um, is to look at this crisis uh, from a long-term perspective and understand not only the challenges that may result, um, but also the opportunities uh, that have been presented. And, you know, those are two sides to a coin. Um, but it, it's certainly the way INTA is looking at this. We aren't going to try to stay the same uh, coming through this crisis and out of this crisis. If anything, we're even more excited about change and innovation than we were before, where it's really been a catalyst for our rethinking how we can best serve our members and bring them value. And so we're reinventing ourselves a little bit to adapt to a new world and um, we're evolving with great confidence and anticipation into the future. And I think that's all a positive out of what is a very negative uh, experience. Yes, for sure. So if people still have questions about INTA and the annual meeting, where can the people, the listeners learn more about INTA and the annual meeting? Well, they should go to the INTA website at INTA.org. And I will say for people who have previously been on that website but haven't been there in a while, it is amazing. Uh, we've been working on what we call a digital transformation for a while. The new website was launched in June. Um, and it's fantastic to work your way through that for a lot of reasons. But it will also have all the information about the annual meeting. Thank you so much for having time for us and our listeners. Uh, I'm very grateful that you have been on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> okay, so. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. 
You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.